0: This episode is brought to you by North Texas Honda Dealers. North Texas Honda Dealers—they're here to help.
1: He has time, launches it to the end zone.
0: Touchdown! Terrence Williams goes to the right side for Crabtree. It's caught. He put. Oh, he's the worst! Red
2: Raider, what's he up the ten? What's he up the right sideline? He's got to go. He's tackled. Sam Houston and The Bearcats capture their first FCS
0: championship. Hello and welcome to the Republic of Football. I'm your host, Ishmael Johnson. Assistant Managing Editor here at TexasFootball.com, Dave Campbell's Texas Football, and the Managing Editor of TexasBasketball.com and Dave Campbell's Texas Basketball here in studio with our College Football Insider, Mike Craven. Mike, what is up, man?
1: Doing pretty good. I just realized my title is much shorter than yours. Well, I have two titles. That's, that's, a a <laughs> <laughs> that's a long amount of things. That, it's like, man, <laughs> graduate of Texas State, Manor <laughs> Tech High School.
0: <laughs> just keep rolling off the resume, basically. Yeah, just start reading yeah. my resume on air. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> one that's, uh, I guess, slightly also a longer title than yours, associate producer of Texan Live, Mallory Hartley. <laughs> Mallory, how are you doing? Good, good, good to be here as always. Yeah, so I I, get—I don't know—I kind of appreciate the smaller titles because, like, you just—they just know what to do. (laughs) Like, there's no like, all right. So listen, with me and Mallory, it's kind of like, all right, listen, we got. This we kind of do this as well. Mike Craven is like, ah, that's Mike Craven, the college guy. That's the college guy. (laughs) That's
1: exactly what it is. Yeah. My first stint at Dave Campbell's, I convinced them to just make me the senior writer. I do remember that because (laughs) John Clayton. Yeah, because we didn't care about titles and stuff. And I was like, can I be the senior writer? I was like, 27 years old. It's like, you know, (laughs) like sure, okay.
0: So maybe I need to get that back. Senior College Insider. Yeah. There you go. I uh,
1: I gave myself a title last semester, or I guess last year. I so I was the Partner Services
0: Coordinator, but I also edited. A lot, so I, I said like video content producer slash. Sure. Video con-
1: I was go. like it was in my email signature. I was like I don't know if this is okay, but I'm just gonna add it because who's gonna tell me no? <laughs> <is
0: it>? uh, <laughs> that sounds right. That Forgiveness I know. Not permission. Yeah, exactly. Right. Forgive not permission. Anyway, uh, so if you're watching this, uh, we're not here in studio right now. We're actually at conference media uh, conference USA Media Day. If you're watching, we'll this we'll do on a live shows <laughs> I was about to say we've done a lot of pre-recorded. Trust me, we will get back to live shows eventually. We just had a lot of things going on coaching school and all. Wednesday all on <laughs> you know, like it's all Wednesday. Wednesday yeah like it's an amazing weird thing because we went to we had we had everybody was on vacation and then Big 12 Media Day and coaching school and then a Conference USA Media Day I knock on wood I don't think we have anything next the next week we'll see I don't know something might <laughs> something will up. probably come up something I'm will sure. come up where <laughs> I have to record but then again we won't be available Tuesday I uh, get won't get into that but there's something down the line that me and Mike Craven will be at uh next Tuesday so I don't know. If something comes up, we just won't have a show next week. Anyway, uh, we have a couple of uh, headlines here before we talk to our guest for this week, which is the athletics, Max Olson. Uh, But we have some headlines, of course, and uh, we're going to play a weekly game, which I like to call, what did Mike Craven do to piss off Twitter? Um, (laughs) (laughs) So we'll get into that uh, when we get into, uh, actually, we'll just jump right into this. Speaking of coaching school. We were at a Texas tech social Mike Craven for a couple of minutes and everybody we kind of hung around and saw Joey Maguire. got if you get an invite from Joey Maguire, you gotta go right you gotta Doesn't go matter what it's true. and so but after that social he had to make kind of a kind of a quick trip back to Lubbock and we later found out why because it was he said it was something big that's all he hinted at us was something big for the program Well the Matador Club announced that they would be signing every single Texas Tech player to an Nil deal worth $25,000. 100 players for Texas Tech football. That's absurd. Mike Craven, where's this money been at <laughs> for our whole lives for Texas Tech? <laughs> yeah. I think we're starting
1: to see how much they didn't like Matt Wells. You know what I mean? Like, uh, <laughs> That's uh, it's a good point. More- <laughs> it's like that program went into like dormancy for a while, yes. like hibernation for a little while. And now that Joey's there and kind of going around shaking hands, kissing babies, doing the Joey Maguire thing, Like, they've remembered that oil is from West Texas, and they have a lot of money, and it is a place that has 40,000 students at it right now. You know, it's a huge alumni base, a lot to pull from. I think this is tremendous, and it's a a statement of intent from Texas Tech that we're not going anywhere, Mm -hmm. right? Like, conference realignment can happen. All these things can happen. Y'all can act like... Uh, the Big 12 is dead, but look what we're doing, right? This is 2.5 million dollars yeah. uh, per season, right? And right now it's one year. I was talking to to some guys at the Matador Club organization. They assume this is going to keep growing. Mm-hmm. You know, like this isn't going to be a one year thing. It may be 30,000, maybe 35, it may be 40. They want to get it to men's basketball and baseball pretty soon. Eventually, they see this thing as every single player at Texas Tech, women's, men's, paid sport, not paid sport, is a part of this organization. Um, I think we start seeing copycats of this everywhere, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's a great uh, you know recruiting tool for Joey McGuire. Uh, it's a great recruiting tool for the guys on the team. Yeah, right in the era of the transfer portal. Why are you leaving now? <laughs> right, you know, if you mm-hmm. got twenty five grand plus your scholarship, now all of a sudden you're at market value, and people like me who have always been arguing for players to get paid. You know, weren't arguing for them to get paid millions of dollars. Right, no. It was just They're for worth. them right. For them to just get paid market value the rest of the 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 way the rest of us do. And if you add twenty five K onto the scholarship and the housing and all that kind of stuff, now they got pocket money. Now they can go to the movies, now they can go on vacation. Now they can do all the other things that we all want to do. And so yeah, I think this is really big for Texas Tech and it's one of those things that in four or five years this is the norm.
0: Yeah. I was about to say, like, as anybody who makes who who works for a living, right? $25,000 is, you know, is not life-changing money. Before in taxes. Terms of, is before taxes is not life-changing money in terms of if you're looking at it as a salary, mm-hmm. right? But if you're just a kid who just wants the basic necessities, right? If you walk up to anybody and just hand them $25,000, right? Not over the course of a year, but just Here. That's changing money, right? That's yeah. immediately changes what you don't have to worry about. Oh, can I go home for the for the break? Can I do this? Can I do that? So much is taken off your plate. Can my parents come to my game? Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Can you afford to bring the? Yeah, you can obviously just afford to bring the. Does oh, mom, my brother
1: get new clothes before his sixth grade school year? Exactly, like, things like, like that, that. Parents don't that
0: think can't about. take PTO. Oh, don't worry about it. Yeah, miss that day, mom. You're fine. I got you. Right. This is this is what we're talking about when it comes to these these types of NIL deals when it comes to just again this is more than pocket change I don't want to like actually act act like it's a small sum of money this is a large sum of money but overall we were just wanting these guys to have like quality of life money mm-hmm. right and obviously on top of that if you're somebody like a Taj Brooks that can maybe make some more money off his name image and likeness then it turns into something else when you're adding on to that and so that's overall this is the spirit of what we wanted right and when you're at a place like texas tech which has clearly has money now you're motivated to give it to the players right they just announced the end zone complex which is great i'm not saying you know i like players love good facilities you know if you want to be a top program you should absolutely invest in facilities but also we see the spaceships that are at LSU and Oregon mm-hmm. and all that. And so for so many years, that was the height of the uh, investment in players, right? It was like, you, cool. You got a hot tub in your right. locker room. And it's all like, right. all right, all what right. happens when you leave? All like, right. you know? It's <laughs> like
1: if your boss came to you, and was like, yeah, no raises this year, but we're getting new chairs. Right.
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and so all the players are watching this, this technology just like flare up around them. It's like, yeah, you got a PS five now in the clubhouse. It's like, cool. I don't have a PS five in my apartment. Like, I don't, <laughs> I'm not going to be at the clubhouse all the time. So, just things like that this isn't again this isn't millions of dollars this isn't everybody making bryce young money but it's just giving them that baseline saying hey we got you and right? it provides some equity
1: easily, right if you're the easily. backup guard you're making as much as the quarterback right on this deal sure like right, right right just right get now. extra money and all this kind of yep. stuff uh but it, it, it provides a little equity and it keeps texas tech from being in that recruiting nil game, yeah yes, you know where yes. it's like are you are is there going to be a guy who shows up to campus that's making more than like the starting left tackle? Well, now everybody's at twenty five k. That's your mm-hmm. base kind of starting salary, um, and so yeah, I, I think I think again, I think it's a very smart move. It's a good move, and it's one that in five years we look back on and we're like, oh well, duh, that's how everybody's going to do it. Right.
0: Uh, as I mentioned before, we are at Conference USA Media Day, uh, July twenty fifth, Monday. They announced the Conference USA projected polls from the media, and. I don't think too surprisingly, UTSA Mm-mm. picked to win. Uh, they're, they're picked to go back to back. North Texas came in at fifth, UTEP at sixth, and Rice at 10th. Mike Craven, what was your takeaway? Were you surprised at all that UTSA was picked again? There are some pieces to replace on this team. Yeah, I, I think UTSA,
1: UAB mm-hmm. uh, are, yeah. are kind of the, the front runners there. So that was pretty obvious. I kind of thought it'd be a little bit closer 14 first place vo- votes for UTSA, eight for UAB. Uh, Western Kentucky still third, despite losing all that offensive uh, production, I think, kind of shows kind of where Conference USA is. There's a big drop, in my sure, opinion, yeah. after UTSA and, and UAB. The thing I, I, the thing I find most fascinating is the North Texas UTEP at Mm, 5-6, right? mm. Like, I think those two teams are pretty even on paper. Mm -hmm. They play week zero out in El Paso. Like, there's just going to be – it's hard – you know, I don't want to sit here and act like we're going to learn a lot from an August 27th game. Right. But we're going to learn a lot. (laughs) We're going to learn a decent amount from this August 27th game. Just between those two teams, yeah. Yeah. between those two teams and what that middle of the pack is Mm -hmm. uh, for Conference USA, like where that level is. Um, So, yeah, pretty much everything that I thought – I think Rice is going to be better than 10th. Uh, But I get why people wouldn't predict that until we see it on the field.
0: Yeah. I think one thing that was interesting to me, I mean, kind of looking at outside the Texas schools, I mean, I don't know what anybody can say about Western Kentucky right now. Right? You lose your offensive coordinator, you lose your quarterback, you lose your best receiver. Like, uh, you know, obviously Jared Dagey comes in, so he's going to be the guy now there. So, like, obviously they have FBS caliber talent, potentially probably that, like, lower power five caliber talent even potentially in him. But I I I see that third place finish and I'm like oh they were good they were good last year so I'm just gonna kind of slot them that they'll figure it out this year I don't know um I don't know if I don't know how you can say that they're third and like UTEP is six and have any confidence in any of mm-hmm. that three through six like you mentioned that middle. And then you, you want to add Charlotte, Middle Tennessee in there. I don't know, and what's potentially Sonny Cubby could do at La Tech. I don't know anything from like that three to nine range.
1: Yeah, it, it really is like in tiers, right? Sure, There's like sure. the top two teams, and there's like three through eight, then there's nine through eleven. Yeah, They're just kind of in that, or maybe even eight through eleven with Middle Tennessee being in there. Maybe. So. Uh yeah I, I think like what we saw with UTEP last year the the nice thing about the about conference USA is you can make a move up you can mm-hmm. go from 4 wins to 8 wins pretty quickly yeah um and so we'll see if Rice is able to make a, a UTEP similar jump this year cuz just from talking to that staff they were all at coaching school right mm-hmm. They're, they're confident, you sure. know, and everybody feels pretty good this year. Like, you rarely do you get a coach that's like, yeah, we're going to stink. Right, right, right. But usually they'll pull some punches and be like, oh, well, hey, we don't know. Yeah. We're going to have to see <laughs> some things. Yeah. Some things are going to break this way. We're going to have to stay healthy. Rice, right? like, no, we're good, guys. Yeah. Like, we're pretty good. And mm-hmm. so we'll see if that translates onto the field in the fall.
0: Another poll that uh, came out last week was the SEC media poll. And AM picked second in the West, unsurprisingly, behind Alabama. But – I'm kind of wondering, are you picking A&M over Arkansas and Ill. Miss right now?
1: I'm not. Dave Campbell's (laughs) Texas Football Magazine is not. (laughs) Like – if if you can tell me at the end of the year Texas A&M finishes second in now. the West, I'm not too shocked. Sure, sure. But, I mean, they got the talent to do it. But heading in, I need to see that passing
0: game. Let's put it this way. So they uh, SEC does something different than others. They actually pick have media members pick an SEC champion. Right. Right. You had Alabama gets 158 votes uh or or uh, Georgia picks 18, South Carolina 3, Vanderbilt 1, sure, whatever. NM won. Like there was no votes for Arkansas or Ole Miss, which again, if you talk about winning the off season, hard to go against Ole Miss. If you talk about trajectory, well, Arkansas is pretty damn. Or well Or even on LSU track. too. Or even LSU, they, they've done some things right. Yeah. Ryan Kelly's gotten a they've pretty. They've picked up a couple of good recruits recently exactly. too. So like. I don't know what to expect from
1: AM. I, I think year. that recruiting class has really clouded some people's judgment. Yeah, Like, that's man, good. they signed the best recruiting class of all time. Look how good things are going at AM. And I agree with that to an extent. Yeah. Just not in 2022. No. Mm-hmm. Like it's going to take some time. 2023, 2024, Texas AM may win the SEC, sure. much less finish second in the West. Like, that's going to be a really good football team. But for me, I need to see what that passing game is like before I pick them uh, to be second in the West. You add in the uh, Ania Smith off-the-field stuff. We'll see how how that goes. I don't know who their quarterback is. Their best wide receiver is a true freshman.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: You know, like, and that was true in the spring. Mm -hmm. He was their best wide receiver as soon as he stepped onto campus, and he should have still been in high school, right? Mm -hmm. So until that's true, until, like, they have weapons and a quarterback that's consistent – I don't know how you pick them over an Arkansas team that just continuously blows people away and overperforms what expectations are. Like, K.J. Jefferson's a legit quarterback. Like, yeah. that dude's good. That and Arkansas, like Arkansas be... defense is really good. That linebacker core is good. I, was about I say, would somebody pick somebody Arkansas. like Malik Hornsby we've known about for a while. Right. Like,
0: is he next in line to be their next guy uh, after quarterback kind of limited them last Jaylen year? Jalen with...
1: Catalan, Bumper Pool. Like, yep. those kind. That defense is loaded. Yeah. Yeah, Drew Sanders. I forgot that Drew Sanders is there at Arkansas now. So, yeah, I think Arkansas is being slept on, and and if it was me, I'd have them second in the West.
0: So that'll do it for the media uh, polls. We got uh, media days that's going on right now. As we're recording, Big Ten media days going on, which I assume is just the Commissioner Millie rocking on the grave over the Pac-12 or something. But, <laughs> but uh, like I said, we'll be <laughs> The idea you. of a Midwesterner Millie, <laughs> Millie rocking, you know... I what, need that hilarious. footage. <laughs> <How hilarious. laughs> anyway, we'll, like I said, we'll be providing you coverage with uh, Conference USA Media Day over the next day, and I'm sure Craven will have some stuff up his sleeve as well when we get done. Anyway, we are the Republic of Football here on DaveCampbellsFootball.com. If you're watching us right now, you're obviously familiar with our streaming, right? We are on Twitter, YouTube, Twitch, uh, on TechSootball.com, YouTube, uh, Facebook as well. And you can find us here every week at 2 p.m. When the season starts, keep this in mind, when the season starts, we will still be here at 2 p.m. every Wednesday live streaming. But we will also be adding our usual Sunday recaps. Those will just be via podcast, via Spotify, Apple. uh, Those will not be live, of course, because Craven will be on the road. I'll be on the road. Mallory will be on the road randomly. And so, like, we'll just – we'll kind of provide that to you as it comes, as you've been listening to us in the past. Uh, Be sure to subscribe at techsobo.com and everywhere you get your podcasts. As I mentioned in the pre-show, or I guess the first segment, we have our special guest on, that one that I was really excited about from The Athletic, Max Olson. Uh, I'm just gonna say it. Behind the scenes, we've had some technical issues. So, Max, what's it like to have you on again?
2: (laughs) Thanks for being with us. It is good to be back on the show for a third time in the past three minutes. Uh, Excited to get this going, and uh, yeah, appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah.
0: For uh, the listeners at home, this is the beauty of recorded uh, (laughs) streaming (laughs) instead of being live. So, uh, all good. Yeah. As we, as I, as I mentioned three times before, already, uh, (laughs) we were all at Big 12 Media Day, and. We all got to see um, – I've, I've focused on pronouncing his name right that I forgot his name. Brett Yormark. Yormark. Yes, yep. Yormark. Okay. I focused so much on pronouncing his name correctly that I literally forgot his name before I was about to say it. Anyway, it was our first impressions of him overall as a, uh, as he as Big 12 commissioner. Max, what were your overall takeaways from Big 12 media days and from hearing Brett Yormark speak as commissioner for the first time?
2: Yeah, you know, I, I, I reported out a story when when the Big 12 hired Brett Yormark, and my reaction was the same as, as even a lot of ADs in the conference of, like, having to Google his name and be like, who is that when that news came out that he was going to be the choice? Um, you know, we reported out a story about, you know, kind of his background in pro sports over, you know, 30 plus years and his and his careers as a CEO and kind of his, his rise up the ladder and just, you know, the, the when you talk to folks around the conference, the... Uh, the message was really that he, he blew people away in the interviews, just with his energy, his enthusiasm, with his big ideas, with the the, the directions that he wanted to take the Big 12 in and and the conference in general, that just hadn't been done before. And and I think you saw all that kind of on display at media days and kind of his first public appearance. This is a guy that, um, you know, he <laughs> has in in declaring the Big 12 open for business. He he clearly. Is going to uh, go about this his own way, and, and you, they kind of they made a hire that's probably the opposite of Bob Bullsby in a lot of ways because they feel like that's where college sports is heading. It's increasingly professionalized, and they feel like they need someone with a pro sports background from, you know, working in NASCAR, from working in NBA organizations, and, and running the Nets, uh, and, and everything he did in Brooklyn. Um, you know, they feel like they need someone to kind of hold their hand through all that, who who has a different kind of experience than um, you know, a lot of these, these career, you know, AD types did. And so um, I think that the, the enthusiasm is on display. You know, some of the, the the buzzwords he threw out about making the, you know, big 12 younger and hipper. I I'm fascinated to see what that actually looks like, but um, you know, clearly Brett Yormark is, is uh, uh, bringing a lot of energy, a lot of juice to this. And uh, obviously uh, steps in a time when when uh, there's an opportunity potentially to uh, to raid the Pac-12, and I think he's a guy that's pretty excited about that opportunity. Uh,
1: Max Mike Craven here. I, I'm curious: Are you optimistic or pessimistic that the Big 12 can remain an an important part of the national football landscape? Um, just with the conference realignment, with with your mark coming on, like what are your just kind of overall thoughts on on how they how they keep up? I I suppose.
2: Yeah, it's it's pretty clear where this is all heading um you know that that first of all obviously money is driving all the decisions right now and you know because of the the new tv deals coming up the sec and the big 10 are going to run away from the other three conferences that's just that's just clear that's just where this is going and so you know they the big 12 is is uh you know brought in a new commissioner at a time when they need to figure out a way to keep up by any means and and that's not just in, uh, moving forward without Texas and Oklahoma and, and just sort of the, the hit that you take on that. Um, but then how do they just bottom line, maximize revenue, maximize the annual distribution to their members? Because it it really is all about that to a lot of folks. And, and so, um, you know, the, the four new members I think are, are probably the best they could have done in terms of adding new schools. There's not, you know, unless you get Notre Dame or something like there's not an Oklahoma or a Texas out there that you can get that makes the big 12, what it was. But, um, you know, right now I think you have to kind of look at their, at their challenge here as not so much, you know, what I don't think there's a bunch of moves you can make that, that suddenly you're making as much money as the big 10. But right now I think the, the rat race here is, is how do you, how do you get ahead of the, the ACC and the PAC 12? And, and that's where, you know, this opportunity, um, to, to, take four or six schools for the Pac-12, That that's kind of the motivation there, I think, is to, you know, uh, basically it's a eat or, eat, eat or be eaten time right now. And you have to kind of embrace that and, and try to make those moves. And w- whether he can pull that off, I'm, I'm really not sure at, 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 as of today. But, um, you know, that's where the struggle is for the Big 12 is how can you be, ma- you know, you, you've got to figure out a way to make as much money as at least those two leagues and, and, and stay competitive with them.
1: If you're the Big 12, how do you go about this Texas Oklahoma departure with these new schools coming in next year? Do you try to expedite it up and, and get them out of here by 2023 so you can just kind of be, you know, your full-fledged conference you're going to be for the rest of time or, you know, what rest of time whatever that means in college football these days? Or do you as the Big 12 try to keep Texas and Oklahoma in it as long as, you know, their contract says until they pay up? Uh, if you're the Big 12, kind of how do you go about that split?
2: Yeah. You know, I, it, it's interesting. Uh, that's where the leadership change, I think is an interesting dynamic and all that too, because, you know, Bob bullsby's position was pretty well established that, um, you know, the, the, to him, the, the, the cost was what much more than, than 80 million than, or, or whatever the associated, uh, you know, buyout costs are because there is the grant of rights and they, they have looked into it. They've had expensive lawyers like uh, look it over for them and everything. And they, they trust that it is ironclad and it would hold up if there was any, you know, suits or anything like that. And so, you know, they really believe that they've got Texas and Oklahoma locked in um, until 2025. And so they have no really motivation to budge on that, that, um, you know, certainly their, their revenue distribution was really good this year and will keep going up, especially with those schools in the conference. And so it would take a, you know, the, the cost would, would be pretty extreme. To be willing to let them go. Um, now, uh, we don't really know where Oklahoma and Texas stand on this. They've intentionally been really silent about their their intentions on um, you know when they want to leave and and you know are they going to give notice at the end of this year and, and try and you know make that change in, in 23 or 24. Um, we don't totally kind of know what their their end game here is. Uh, end game is here, but but I thought that the comments from your mark at media days were were curious because he he said. You know, in 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 trying to make these deals, he looks for a win-win situation. Obviously, the win-win here would be the Big Twelve getting as much money as possible from them, and uh, Texas and Oklahoma getting out as soon as they want. Um, now, to me, like I think you probably, it, it, it's probably not just as simple as as those guys sitting across from each other at, at a table and and haggling over a number. I, I think probably in some ways, with, with all this, is, is kind of interconnected, and I feel like. I've talked to some folks who, who believe maybe there's like a way that ESPN intervenes in all this and kind of makes the money right for everybody. Like could, could that, could you know, some a third party like that kind of step in and help make that happen. I'd be curious to see because ESPN would be motivated uh, to get them over to the SEC in time for that TV contract and their stuff that they need to work out with LHN and all that. So I, I, I don't know if it's as simple as just, you know, we're, we've given our notice and we're out of here and uh, we'll pay whatever we got to pay. I, I think it's going to be, a really interesting process going forward here and uh, hard to predict like kind of when they would get out. I I don't, I don't think they're going to be in the sec next year, but you know, with, with a a change in commissioners, maybe it's a a very different conversation. now.
1: When we do get to that time, when Oklahoma and Texas get out of the big 12, who do you kind of see or which teams, maybe not just one, but two or three teams kind of emerge as, you know, kind of the power brokers of that new look big 12 with the power vacuum kind of, taking Texas and Oklahoma out of there.
2: Yeah, it, it's going to be a pretty fun league, and I think the parody is like going to be pretty crazy uh, because it's like when you take – like you guys know from a recruiting standpoint, Texas and Oklahoma are the only schools in the Big 12 that recruit at a, a top 10 level and are even capable of recruiting at a top 10 level, if we're being honest here. Mm-hmm. And so – It's almost like everybody in the new Big 12 is like kind of playing by the same salary cap, you know, like everyone is going to I mean, there's going to be some that recruit better than others. But generally speaking, these are all programs that that need to win on evaluation and development and and really good coaching and stability. And so, you know, like I I think Oklahoma State obviously is like well positioned overall in, in terms of their investment. And the, you know, what Mike Gundy has done over his long tenure there now, he's not going to coach there forever. And, and, you know, what's kind of the succession plan after that obviously is, is a question you're seeing right now. Texas tech is is really wanting to invest as much as they can in this opportunity feeling like, yeah, we, it, we can kind of rally everybody around Joey McGuire and spend a ton of money. And, and, you know, the NIL program they're doing, I think is going to get a lot of players attention and, um you you see them trying to make a push here i think baylor's obviously super well positioned and for what they've done over the last decade with three different head coaches kind of proves that uh that they can kind of get it done no matter no matter what it looks like um but i think really the, the four new schools coming in like okay a decade from now wouldn't you say it's like pretty possible that cincinnati and houston and ucf and byu are you know, maybe among those five or six most successful programs in the Big 12 over the next decade. Like, I think that's really possible. Like, I think when you take those programs and you give them more money and and, and a bigger platform and and bigger games and stuff, like, as we've seen with TCU in the Big 12 or Utah in the Pac-12 or or any other example, like, I think you have a chance there to to really kind of level up. And I, you know, I think some of these schools are already recruiting at uh, as good a level as Big 12 programs. So, um, with that boost of, of being in that conference, like I I think it's definitely like, is it possible Houston's one of the most powerful Big Twelve programs five ten years from now? Like I think that's totally possible.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with hundred percent. I, I think there is this ten year outlook where Houston and Cincinnati are dominating the Big Twelve, and it's like who let that mouse in the house, you know, type right. of situation. Uh, just a a few quick ones before you let you go. Who do you think wins the SEC first, Texas or
2: Texas A and M? Oh, my goodness. That is a that is a trap. That is a good one. Um, ah, man. Well, you know, it's funny because we don't really know, like, how the schedules are going to really work when Texas is in the SEC and and kind of is, does that make things easier or harder? Right now, obviously, it, it's really hard to climb up the ladder in the SEC West and, and get it done. I would oh, – my gosh. Man, I stumped I, I think today <laughs> I would take a but I think that I don't know. I think I think that you you could kind of see <laughs> you could kind of see both programs as 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 well as their recruiting of these past you know year or these past two cycles really. Um, you know, there's still a lot they got to figure out. So I I think a And M more likely, and maybe that becomes a little bit easier when when they, if they're going to kind of more pod scheduling or whatever going forward. But uh, man, that is. Like, do, do you guys think that one of them will get it done by the end of the decade?
1: Yeah, see, yeah. here here's the thing: is I because like
2: save. I mean, look, saving will be gone at some point, right? Sure. Right. <laughs> sure. Like that's just a fact. So like, there's at some point in time that door opens for somebody. Because here here's my thing:
1: like A and M has the head start because yes. they've been the SEC for longer. What I worry right. about for S, S, for A and M is is this a 400 meter dash where they're just in lane four and Texas is in lane one, and sure. by the time we get to the third curve that start is gone right, right does right. it only take texas well, two or like, three years to really catch up on that
0: credit to credit to texas for i think for doing this but they're recruiting like an sec team mm-hmm. right they're building the trenches they get Sarkeesian, right they're getting an offense that's more friendly to that we see the big 12 kind of going uh, outside of texas kind of reverting right going defensive right you dave aranda you got um obviously uh, texas looked at gary patterson as somebody knew that i coached against that uh, coach against that conference I think they've been preparing for the past year, or so for the SEC move. So I don't know if A and going to have necessarily that big of a gap on them. Like, you know, they go and get Quinn Ewers, right? Obviously, the SEC to win the SEC. I know last year was an anomaly, but you need a quarterback, right? They go try and get that quarterback. I, I don't. I think. I think that's a good point about A and M's gap, kind of. Being a little bit sh- shorter, I think, than we may realize.
2: It's a fun. Do, do you guys think that Jimbo and Sark are both coaching at those schools five years from now?
1: Ooh, that's. A good question. I think it's more likely that Sark is because that Jimbo stability be piece is like really? got to
2: be kind of the huge piece of like, can you actually climb that ladder? You yeah. know, like if, if can Texas actually break the cycle of, you know, firing a guy after three, four years because right. you recruited really well and you kind of built up all this hype and then you didn't deliver on it. Like at least with Jimbo, you've got the long term contract and he's got all the leverage in that, obviously. But yeah. like. I, it, it, I, just, I guess there's maybe a little bit more of a bet that Jimbo's going to outlast start, I guess would be thing. my thinking today, but that could yeah. totally change.
0: Hundred percent, Craven. I see your point on Jimbo because if he has a couple more nine, ten, or nine, eight, nine win seasons, right, it starts to become the Kevin Sumlin thing. When Why he has he no,
1: better? he has no buying. he can leave whenever he wants. Exactly. Right. So he could get bored and get a different job. I will he say wants with to.
0: Texas, though, there's a, I think there is a very realistic possibility that they just look south and say, "We have a guy in the university system." That if UTSA has another season, like last year, in the next decade, which is possible, they just say, why aren't we, why isn't that guy coaching us?
1: Yeah, I and mean, so we like, could get into a whole uh, podcast sure, sure. Exactly. on, like, why exactly. Jeff Trailer, you know, with the UT money that's folks. I think that's going
0: to, I don't want to say that's going to hurt Sark, but that's something that I could see hurting Sark eventually. If they just see a guy recruiting Texas kids, doing it well, winning in the university system, saying... We're just basically re- reinvesting in our in our university if we pay the buyout for him.
1: I'm just excited that we get to have these – like that sure, Texas sure. and Texas A&M are going to be back in the same pool swimming again, and so we don't have to just do this on Twitter all the time. <laughs> Max, before sorry to 100%. just kind of include you into our podcast there. but No, we, <laughs> trust me. On that topic, we
2: can go another hour. <laughs> you know,
1: exactly. Uh, before we get you out of here, just another really easy one just like that. Who do you think has more success at their school, Sonny Dykes at TCU or Joey
0: McGuire at Texas Tech? Oh, easy questions today
2: oh my god <laughs> wow i mean this is the dave campbell texas football podcast so i can't like i can't legally besmirch joe mcguire <laughs> on this, can I? I mean i can't do that well you could but uh, he'll come
0: to our office and like yeah <laughs> and show up, he'll so. give
2: us well, look, I mean, as you guys have seen over the past week, like with the with the Brian Carrington cactus stuff, like oh, um, real, real. I mean, there's some there's <laughs> a little more juice to that rivalry than yeah. there was a year or two ago. You know, it's, it's pretty fun now, um, especially in going head to head on guys and recruiting in the state and all that. Like and who's going to have more success? I mean, I think. I think TCU is set up really well in the new Big 12, um, if they can kind of develop and retain um, because I think they they, they're pretty well established in this state. Now I I think it's more challenging at Texas tech, but that doesn't mean I think that it's going to be like, it doesn't mean I think that they can't get it done there. I think that that, that's probably the right guy. I love the staff that he's put together there and he's got to figure out a way to hold on to those guys or replace those guys when he loses them, because he's got some really, really bright young coaches there who've got really bright futures. and, and, And so that part of it's going to be huge. Um, Sonny Dykes, made, you know, made some changes on his own staff and taking this job. I, I don't know if I can pick one today. Like, I, I think it is just objectively harder to do it at Texas Tech. Um, so I think I would lean TCU. But man, the the way that everyone's kind of pulling in the same direction at Tech right now, I, I know that they don't have that same kind of recent history of success, but uh, they are they are they're pretty serious now about what what's going on in Lubbock and um you know within a couple of years here like yeah it's harder to get to but I mean I think when kids get there in the future it's gonna be they're gonna be pretty impressed by what's going on there so I think I would lean TCU but I man, I love what tech is doing right now
1: okay and then last one is 2026 is Dave Aranda still the head coach of the Baylor Bears
2: hmm <sighs> You know this is, but this is the hard thing with Dave Aranda when he was at LSU. Like it was kind of hard to tell. Like where where is he trying to get to? Is he trying to be a head coach? Mm -hmm. What's what's the move for him? And you know, even last year with, um, I'm I'm sure he talked. I'm sure he heard from quite a few schools about their jobs and probably some of the biggest openings out there. Um, So, like I think he's going to sustain sustain success at Baylor. I think he's going to get more of those phone calls, especially from. You know, I, I know that maybe some people would, would take the, you know, they would maybe take the demeanor and, and personality and, and think it's a little different than everybody else. And I think it's different in a, in a great way. Yep. Um, I could see him, I could definitely see him being a guy that, that stays at Baylor for the long haul because he's just wired it a little different than that. Mm-hmm. I, not to say he's not an ambitious guy, but I mean, what are the jobs out there that he would want to run too? I, I, I think that, especially when you come from that experience at LSU, you can see like kind of how quickly if you, if it, it's going wrong, how quickly people can kind of turn on you and, and fire you and stuff like that. So like, I think if you got a good thing going there, uh, just like it was for Matt Rule, I mean, really hard to walk away from it. And it's got to be kind of that, that dream job you've always, you know, kind of wanted. So I, I think Baylor's, I think Baylor's going to have an easier time holding on to Aranda, but, uh, you know, as we saw in this last cycle, like you never would expect that Oklahoma would open up. You never would expect that, uh, Notre Dame would have. I mean, you just never know which which of these jobs kind of come along here. So I, I think Baylor's going to be able to hold on to him, but you really don't know, you know, what's his ambition in terms of uh, I mean, what does he think is is the best job out there.
1: All righty, sir. We really appreciate the time. Thanks for uh, being a good sport on some of those.
2: Hey, absolutely. Anytime, guys.
0: Right, there's Max Olson. You can read his work at The Athletic. You can follow him on Twitter, Max underscore Olsen. That's Olson with two O's for Texas fans trying to Holler at him for saying that uh, animal in the SEC first. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) No, no, Max is great. Uh, I'm glad that he was able to have some fun with some of the rapid-fire questions there. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I I kind of agree. I agree with a lot of what he said. I I do want to hint on, before we get to our last topic, there was a reason why teams in the Big 12 were terrified of Houston getting to the Big 12. Do you remember in 2011 when it was like, oh, is, is this the year, right? When Tom Herman got them going, it was like, is this the year where this, they make their pitch to the Big 12? And the Big 12 was like, no. Like, like they were like, absolutely not. Because they never had the Houston, A&M, or uh, at the time, a uh, obviously Texas, Baylor, Tech, TCU, they had the Houston market to themselves. They had to worry about LSU coming in eventually. But mm-hmm. as far as the Big 12 went, they didn't have anybody to deal with in the, in, the, in, in the Houston market. Now you get the flagship school of Houston getting the same amount of money Uh, obviously this was
1: with uh with Fertitta yeah with with a guy who's got money
0: yeah exactly and now like obviously now it was kind of a last ditch effort right they needed somebody they needed kind of a new uh, co-flagship with all of them right I don't think anybody's going to necessarily stand out as the Texas or uh, as as a Texas or Oklahoma but they needed somebody to kind of collectively share the burden with so they finally just hit the emergency glass and said let's bring Houston in that that is fascinating when you give Mm -hmm. Houston the same amount of money as Tech and Baylor
1: what happens who knows? Right? <laughs> yeah, i i think i think he's right i think there is this timeline 10 years from now where we look at the big 12 and go well cincinnati's number one houston's mm-hmm. number two mm-hmm. ucf's number three byu's yep. right there you know like i really can see that i i think tech tcu baylor have something to say about that Sure, sure. um and you know if like uh, the, the last question if aranda stays there throughout i mean i'm i'm betting on wherever dave aranda is mm-hmm. you know i've kind of arrived at that point uh in in my opinions but yeah i I mean i think those markets that they're bringing in those teams and programs that they're bringing in once they have that money and infrastructure of a big 12 program can be right there with all those guys because we don't talk about ohio enough right in terms of like football recruiting recruiting yeah like they're they're right there Mm -hmm. you know i I think as texans we kind of like we texas and everybody else right Mm -hmm. even california florida get moved in there but in terms of like non like huge it's Georgia and Ohio mm-hmm. are the best places for high school football outside of those top three. And look, so, yeah, look they're the, co- going to be
0: good. Look at the colleges. You got Ohio State, obviously, is the top. You got Cincinnati. Ohio's consistently been one of the best mid majors mm-hmm. the last couple of years. Youngstown State has consistently been yep. the FCS power. Like yep. Ohio, you can absolutely Half make that a West living. That West Virginia roster is Ohio, right? Exactly. So, you, know? you can absolutely make a living recruiting the uh, state of Ohio. Yeah. So, all right, in the beginning. I mentioned uh, we're going to play a weekly segment, uh, I don't know, it might be weekly at this point, <laughs> called uh, <laughs> What Did Mike Craven Do to Piss Off Twitter? Well, this week, we, uh, we we're doing the Texas 12 rankings. We we're ranking position groups, coaches, right, kind of as kind of like a power rankings-ish, but kind of like a snapshot, right? Like, as of right now, this is the rankings for blank. Well, we decided to do quarterback room. The reason why we did quarterback rooms is because there's so much up in the air right now with certain starting quarterbacks that you can't just name one guy. Obviously, you can kind of pencil in some people right now, but that could change week two, whatever. So we decided to go quarterback rooms. Well, I don't know if some people realized that was our line of thinking because they did. we had some. <laughs> We, we ca- had some angry fans in the this comments. This might have been one of the most engaged posts that we've had in a couple, yeah. in a while. I think this might be the most engaged post on our college football account. For sure, um, definitely. I know on Facebook, the main account had a lot of interactions as well. Are we allowed to call people stupid? Listen, uh,
1: I think can, if people
0: act stupid, you can call them stupid. Yeah. I found
1: this found No, this no, Mike, oh, let, me, let, me, let me start this. Sorry. Mike
0: Craven, why did you rank SMU, Houston, UTSA with ahead, starting quarter, incumbent restarting quarterbacks over... My team that has a quarterback that has not thrown a meaningful pass, or that has a quarterback that uh, only good game came against a team with no pass rush. Go. I, I,
1: I feel like this comes down to like people look at it and go, "Who's the most talented quarterback room?" Right. Right. And that's different, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and you can't compare SMU playing in the ACC to A and M playing in the SEC. Like there's so pound many, for pound and, rules. Right. It's pound for pound rules. Right. Mm-hmm. This is what we're doing. This is Dave Campbell's Texas football. You should know the drill by now, mm-hmm. right? SMU had a quarterback that threw for 4,000-plus yards. Houston had a quarterback that threw for 36 touchdowns and went to a conference championship game. UTSA, no, but Mike
0: Craven, Quinn Ewers. And Arch Manning, the ball, who's the not ball even off, there yet. Handed the <laughs> ball off in a blowout against Ohio right. State. Why isn't he better than Tanner Mordecai right. in your rankings?
1: Well, because the last time I saw Quinn Ewers play, he was getting dominated by Todd Dodge's defense at, at Westlake. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so, like, I guess we could bet on the come. And if yeah. you're asking me the most talented quarterback rooms, yeah, sure. Texas Hudson Cards, yeah. a really talented guy. Quinn Ewers, sure. five-star prospect. We all agree on all that kind of stuff. But I've never seen either one of them do it in a college game meaningfully. Like, a Hudson Card lost his job to Casey Thompson. Yeah. Uh, you know, A&M can't find a quarterback. Right. right. They went to LSU and kind of got a guy that LSU didn't really want anymore, and he may be their starter and stuff. I think this is just one of those weird years where the G5 quarterback rooms are in much better positions – than the P5 ones, mm-hmm. especially if we compare them to like-to-like competition. And at the end of this year, people may be right. Texas mm-hmm. may have the best quarterback room. Quinn Ewers could throw for 4,500 yards, 40 touchdowns, three interceptions, and it's like, hey, yeah, that's the guy we thought we'd see coming out of South Lake Carroll. But I I can't, with good conscience, right. just do that, just sure. put, it, put it on the list in front of guys who we have literally seen do it at their highest level. Maybe mm-hmm. their level isn't as high as A&M or Texas is, mm-hmm. uh, but we've seen them win meaningful conference games mm-hmm. and have their teams do really good things. Texas went 5-7 and seven last year. Sure, Their quarterback room is not number one in the state. I'm sorry.
0: Right. I remember Texas fans, if it gives you any solace, we could absolutely make an argument that they're below Tech TCU and A&M. I, Why? B- and Baylor. Because mm-hmm. they have ga- they have quarterbacks. Those teams have quarterbacks that we've, that we've seen, seen do it. Yes, Donovan Smith, say what you want about him. We know he did something. That's right? what's funny Tyler about Shuck, this. Tyler Shuck, we've seen him do something. That's
1: what's funny. It's like, I thought I rated Texas too high.
0: Right. Yeah. Max Duggan, whatever you think of Max Duggan, he we've has seen- more games under his belt, meaningful snaps than Hudson than Card, Hudson and, Card. C- and Quinn
1: Ewers. Yeah, Blake Shapen, like tore up the sugar bowl before he got yep. hurt. Right. You know, like Baylor's got a good quarterback. Yeah, I... All right, Texas fans are the most sensitive people on on the internet. Oh, like I know yeah. they like to make they like to make Texas A&M fans the most mm. sensitive right. fans on the internet. A&M fans are just the craziest. Right. Fans on the internet Texas fans are, are the most sensitive fans on the internet. Oh, he's not yeah. even close. Easily. So, easy clickbait. Oh, my God. It was, it was great. It was great. Look, watching, watching the
0: engagement roll, and you're just like, man, we're we going to drop this exact same list in like October. It's going to change, and it's going to be like, oh, why is blah, blah, blah. The yeah. something? What I
1: loved is like the Davey O'Brien watch list award was like, this lines up perfectly with like, what our <laughs> nominations <laughs> were. Yeah. And I was like...
0: <laughs> <laughs> I retweeted that. Shout out, watch this <laughs> season, baby. I like my Brian Winhurst moment. <laughs> now, know. why would they tweet that? Yeah, why, why? Why? Why would they do that? You know? <laughs> no, I agree. Like, listen, this is a snapshot. Of what we project right now,
1: entering twenty twenty
0: two. Honestly, and if you pick up the magazine, this is consistent with what's in the magazine. Look who's yeah. the first yeah. team quarterback. Look who's the <laughs> second team quarterback. It's the guys one and two on this list. Yeah. Like it's the guys that played for conference championships last year. It's not mm-hmm. the Ohio State
1: transfer. It's not the Ohio no. State transfer,
0: right? So I don't know. That it's funny to me. Obviously, I know why because Quinn you is the greatest thing since sliced bread. Two four seven had him since whatever Vince Young. I don't know their rankings. They're just something Vince Young, something Garrett Gilbert. I don't know, but. Garrett oh. Gilbert should be a cautionary tale that unless we see them do it, it's always speculation, right? He, right. There's no – you saw Quinn Ewers. You covered Quinn Ewers, he's right? He's incredible. He is absolute – natural talent. Yeah, we're not saying he's not good. <laughs> natural talent. They're, he, they're, he might be number one just in terms of pure, natural, yeah.
1: gifted talent. Yeah, if we're talking about like just like scout, scouting talent. Yes. Right? right. Yeah, sure.
0: Exactly. Sure. So,
1: but uh, but Hudson Card – is on Checked top of the boxes of that list too. too, and you know he couldn't beat out Casey Thompson. I was about to right? say, like so I said, like the only game he had happens on the field. The yeah. only good
0: game Hudson Card had was against a team with no pass rush <laughs> when Louisiana couldn't figure out how to get to him. I so, also
1: saw a couple comments that were like, "Oh, well, what about Arch Manning too?" I'm like, he's not even—he has not even signed yet. I was like about he's say, just verbally committed first of all, at this point. Don't disrespect no...
0: Malik Murphy like that. Just just <laughs> dumping him out <laughs> yeah. of the QB room. That's the other guy that's actually pretty physically gifted. Yeah. So like, yeah, no. Uh, second of all, not even in the room yet.
1: Yeah, I think we. We should all know after the last couple of years that people can't read
0: no <laughs> right no. not
1: critically right i mean they can physically R- yes read
0: words, right right like, right i know what critical thinking is. was missed they, they, in they elementary look school. over context <laughs> they right. look over things like right. that so uh anyway we have uh that, that was last week we have another graphic up for this week that's Surprisingly, getting a lot less engagement because a yeah. uh, certain team is number yeah. one. Texas, <laughs> Texas is on top, so nobody's there to cry about it. So we'll talk about the running back room next week. Because uh, I do think it actually it might be one of the better years. It might be the best year in a long time for across the state in terms of just running Right. Back the way have. that we have questions about quarterbacks throughout the state,
1: we, we do have not. the opposite problem <laughs> for with running backs. backs. Like, yeah. It's very clear. Plethora of running, and that's with Zach Evans and Luisis Bentley right. leaving the state yeah. and Alton right. McCaskill being hurt.
0: But Craven, I'm surprised. Why isn't there as much of an uproar about the running backs <laughs> as there are the quarterbacks. Yeah, you put Texas and Texas A
1: and M on top and there seems there's There's no, be a complaints, lot, yeah, there. Like no complaints there. No complaints. Nobody's uh nobody's like congratulating us. <laughs> I was to about said, great rankings, <laughs> right, Mike Craven. Yeah, right. I haven't seen one good comment. <laughs> it's like being a parent. Yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah, you yeah. The kids just that's a great kid you got. There. Right. Well, well and the kids bad. never like, hey, thanks, dad, for being in the right spot at
0: the right time. You know, yeah. So Thanks for yeah. being there always. It's yeah. not till like they're in their forties. He's like, thanks for being there when I was younger. Right.
1: It was right. like, that was pretty cool, you right.
2: <laughs> <That's> <laughs> pretty cool of you to be a dad. Right. pretty cool of you to be a
0: dad. Anyway. So that'll do it for us. Like I said, this is a recorded show. We'll be at Conference USA Media Day uh, all today as you're watching this. We'll be bringing you interviews, all this stuff. Craven will have a story or so uh, after we get done. And we'll continue to keep rolling out these podcasts as we get closer to the season because, damn, it's getting really close. Uh, like I mentioned, damn. all the group of five schools, Big Tens, obviously Media Days right now. Uh, Sunbelt's going on right now as well. Conference USA, but just mentioned. We're there. <sighs> it's starting to get all there. Watch lists are coming out. Mike Craven probably just made a watch list, I don't know. <laughs> Everybody comes out with something every year, every week now. We only have four weekends left.
1: <sighs> oh, man. I can't even imagine.: Yeah, It was
0: depressing when I got back from my last vacation. I was yeah, like, oh, I got nothing until like the season starts i'm just here i feel like the (laughs) season just ended too right right. yeah exactly i don't even feel like it's uh, oh we gotta get ready to just like be on the road just talk to people until december (laughs) basically till december wow that's a long time (laughs) anyway we'll be back next wednesday hopefully live actually live yeah because on all the wood there's hopefully nothing going on but like i mentioned we're here every wednesday at two you can subscribe Everywhere you get your podcast, you can watch, anywhere you can imagine streaming, you know, we're there. TechSubble.com, be sure to subscribe. We got uh, archive, We got the archive, the uh, uh, magazine up on archive right now, so you can actually read it online if you haven't gotten your hard copy. They're coming in stores, I swear to God, they're, they're <laughs> It It <laughs> is coming. like within the next couple of weeks, you will start to see them on the shelves because the paper situation is finally solved. If you're a subscriber, you've had the magazine, so consider that your incentive for next year. Make up for that mistake if you have not done that already. For Mike Craven, Mallory Hartley, I'm Ishmael Johnson. We will talk to you guys next week. And remember, we've had 11 of the 12 FBS head coaches on this show. Jimbo Fisher, please give us a call.